Welcome to the Data Whisperer Podcast, brought to you by Data Migration International, the podcast where you hear the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. The Data Whisperer Podcast is hosted by Bill Vall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today as we continue our discussions about the intersection of technology and business. And today I'm excited to talk about a topic that is very interesting, the metaverse. Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Wall, and I'm honored to be the host of this podcast series called The Data Whisperer, brought to you by Data Migration International. I'm always fascinated about how to apply technology and services to help companies meet their business opportunities and challenges. So really looking forward to this discussion, because after the last few years, the topic of the metaverse has been of great interest, no doubt fueled by the initial proactive push by Facebook, which has now been transforming into meta. And while there's been a lot of discussion of the consumer aspects of the metaverse, for business, it is either a hype cycle or it's real. So that's why I'm excited to welcome to the program Isabel Steinhoff, co-founder of a consulting firm known as the Diamond Tears which is dedicating itself to helping companies explore and apply the metaverse. She's just back from speaking on this topic at Davos. So we're really lucky to welcome Isabel to the Data Whisperer podcast. Good morning. Hey, Bill. Thank you for having me. Look forward to our chat today. It's great to have you. So let's start with the basics. Tell our audience about Diamond Tears. What do you do? Yeah, (laughs) I think you kind of uh, summarized it pretty neatly. But to give it a bit more context, I think what we do is really threefold. We provide leaders with a low barrier, low risk, but high reward entry to the metaverse. So we really show them what is the metaverse? How does it feel? What are the options? And then we help them build up and scale their capabilities internally so they can really go and create applications that are relevant for the uh, consumers. And then also uh, help them decide what do we do now? What's a future vision? So really the classical roadmap aspect to it. So we really guide them and we say we create uh, metaverse pioneers because we are still at that stage where the topic is quite young and we just kick things off basically. Well, that's great. It fits uh, very nicely into the podcast, but also quite fascinated that it was a topic at Davos with so much for business leaders to talk about war in Europe, instability of supply chains, the recovery from the pandemic. What were business leaders talking about when it comes to the metaverse at Davos? Yeah. So I was uh, very pleased to see this topic that high on the agenda. Uh, So it really shows or should give you just a feeling of the impact this will have on our lives, both in business, but also personally. But when it came to business, um, we were discussing a lot the value creation aspect of it, of course, which is something we will dive into later um, together in this podcast. But then also the social implications of it, the security implications of it, the governance side of things. So the World Economic Forum has dedicated a whole working group, an expert council to this topic as well, that is also sort of structuring its work in these two categories, value creation portion and the governance portion. It's interesting because as you talk to people in technology, as you watch coverage of this topic in the press, there's a lot of debate about what the term metaverse really means, or more importantly, what are metaversal approaches and their impact on business. Let's start with a definition from your perspective. (laughs) 
I mean, when I when I'm asked to define the metaverse, I usually start somewhere else, which is to say what the metaverse is not, because there is a lot of misconceptions out there, a lot of carelessly thrown around buzzwords, um, and the metaverse is not a rebranding of gaming, of crypto, of sci-fi. Um, uh, Second Life gets thrown around a lot, especially mm -hmm. here in Switzerland. It's not AI, it's not VR, AR, XR, it's not the blockchain. Um, it is a convergence of technologies, yes. And a lot of those I just said are part of that and are driving the evolution of the metaverse. And the, the definition is still evolving, but a pragmatic working definition could be the metaverse is the next evolution of the internet. So how the internet moved from beyond web pages to what it is today, this is what we'll be expecting now, um, the internet moving basically to 3D. Okay. Um, I would imagine that everyone listening to the sounds of our voices have has lots of questions about that. Uh, certainly on the minds of CEOs at Davos is, do I need this for my business? What will be the impact on business of the metaverse? So in its, in its desired end state, um, where the metaverse will become sort of a, a set of virtual worlds where people can engage and collaborate and have really the best of both worlds when it comes to physical and digital, combined with the sense of presence and connection that is enabled through virtual and augmented reality, independent of place, time, or device. Mm -hmm. This will mean it changes the way we interact with each other, with our environment, both physically and virtually. So yes, you have to think about it. You have to start engaging today because it also gives rise to a total new economy that's enabled by digital currencies and NFTs. And while yes, users are still spread across platforms now, we are expecting in the final end state, the metaverse to be interoperable. So you'll be able to move between those different worlds easily with your avatar, with your identity, with your property. So um, I think it's, it's basically uh, paramount that people really start thinking about it now. And again, this is why it was a topic at, at Davos at this state. And if you peel back the gaming and the consumer marketing layer, all those beautiful showcases that we've seen mm -hmm. uh, in the media, there is a lot of intriguing use cases um, more on the industrial side of things. Yeah, so that makes me uh, ask the question that I wanted to ask you, which really, as much as our friends at Facebook would want us to think that the metaverse is brand new that they came up with, the reality is, is that for at least 10 years, industrial companies have been using metaversal approaches um, for industrial use cases, whether that be training, or I remember how much uh, the, the folks at GE talked about digital twins for aircraft engines, power plants, and healthcare tools. Those kinds of use cases are indeed, by your definition, metaversal approaches, are they not? <laughs> yes and no, Bill. So, um... A lot of the components or technologies I was mentioning before have been widely used across industries. And some of them for quite some time, you were mentioning uh, some of them, there is also simulations, data visualization, IoT, field work with the help of AR. So those are there. Those are not new, of course. 
So what's exciting now is we are experiencing an inflection point where these silo technologies are maturing themselves, but also converging and are becoming real time through the growing availability of, for example, 5G networking. So this is sort of where that changes from just being a simulation or an application to visualize data into running real time and becoming a persistent metaversal world. So if we think about a training use case like aircraft simulators, which create a almost four-dimensional, realistic, but fake approach to training, we're getting close to what you're describing, right? It's, it's, it is a real-time experiential um, use case from a training perspective that brings in all aspects of technology to immerse the user in a very realistic but not actual world. Is that a good way to think about it? Yes, for sure. And I mean, we can go back to, to maybe the field worker I, I just mentioned a second ago. And as you said, it's, it's also about this immersion, right? For them, their work will become more immersive and they will also be able to uh, access data. And I'm excited to talk more about data uh, with you, of course. Uh, and they'll be able to use the data real time while they are doing their job out in the field. So yes, it'll become uh, more, more immersive, but still also more real in a way when they are out there. So yeah, okay. that was quite, the, okay. quite I, a good comparison. I, I buy into that. So let's talk about data because this is the Data Whisperer podcast. Talk about metaversal approaches, approaches that involve the management uh, and use of data because that's an interesting use case for the metaverse. Yes. So I think one that's really exciting and I find utterly fascinating myself is the German car manufacturer, BMW. So before building one of their factories, they ran a six month simulation. So full one-to-one -one scale of, uh, it was a car manufacturing plant, of course. And they were running that simulation and then changing about a third of the design before releasing and deploying the final design for the factory. And here we are talking about people who build car factories every day of their lives. So these mm -hmm. are expert top tier executives and engineers. And still they got this amount of learning from an insights from the data that was collected and running through the simulation. So just as, as, a, as a little nugget. And then BMW went even further and connected 31 digital twins. So 31 different types of factories in what is then the beginning of an enterprise metaverse. And you can just think what that means in terms of how much data is involved in that. Yeah. So we are connecting um, the production, but also the people that are moving around on the shop floor, uh, the people in purchasing, in sales. So we are really going through the whole value chain and mirroring that virtually and having that run persistently. It's interesting because I think... Uh folks think about those factory simulations as a way to change the design drawings, but you're actually talking 
that they're running these plants in a virtual sense to get a sense of the flow of materials and goods and even how people interact with spaces. And that's changing their actual design process. That's kind of fascinating. What other companies have you uh, been working with or have talked to about metaversal approaches? I think um, one uh, that's also out there in the press that I, I would still like to mention is, is also Boeing that's going to design its next airplane in the metaverse. So we see really for, for those uh, industrial manufacturers, this is a topic. But we are also seeing cases here in Switzerland where manufacturers are using data to nudge productivity in their plants. And we are seeing playbacks of production cycles for anomaly detection. So that's also something that's very um, much in the engineering mindset is you can really sort of play back what happened because you are recording, mirroring everything and capturing all the data. So this is something that uh, Swiss manufacturers are at the moment quite excited about. So if we go back up the mountain to Davos for a moment, I suspect that there are still CEOs that worry when they hear about metaverse, about a lot of people inside the business running around with headsets on, living in a virtual space. What guidance do you give them about how to measure the potential of investments uh, in this technology for the future? Yeah. Um, so I think it does take at this stage a sort of, we call them pioneers uh, in, in the diamond tears context, but it does take a very strategic, forward thinking, future oriented CEO to invest mm -hmm. at this stage. I do see that. You can guide them to all the Bloomberg and Gardner estimates of how many billions with a big, big, big B are in the metaverse business. And surprisingly enough, on the industrial side, we see that the potential is even larger than on the consumer side of things. And mm -hmm. when you start giving examples like the BMW one, I think that sort of illustrates um, the magnitude because uh, what I skipped before was when they connected those factories, they were reducing their planning time by 30% for production planning. That's and a big number. Yes. If you're in production, you do know what that means. And 30% is crazy. Uh, it's really a large amount. But also, I think I like to give examples where um, they see that they can start interacting more directly with the end consumer, which is a typical industrial problem that you don't know actually the person that is consuming your product in the very end because right. of all the uh, intermediaries that are in the, in the value chain. So I think there uh, is also usually like a little bit of a light bulb moment where they say, okay, so I can create a closer relationship. I can incentivize uh, my customers to give me that data so I can give them a better experience. And the experience uh, as, we, as we see in the, let's say B2C version of the metaverse is key. It's what makes this so much fun and what is intriguing to people. I'm curious as we wrap up our podcast today, what you think this conversation, you and me about the metaverse would be like five years from now. <laughs> That's a really good one. And of course, if we look at it from a technological perspective, um, the, the technologies fueling the metaverse are exponentially growing. So uh, it's almost not comprehensible for us as humans what that means if something is growing at an exponential rate. So we will be so much further down the line. 
And I think a lot of companies will have adopted um, some sort of application that's metaversal uh, in, in, uh, in its way, shape or form to be seen. And I would hope that you and I, of course, would meet in the metaverse, maybe in our Diamond Tears Lounge and have this chat in 3D and share the same experience as we are right now, but in 3D. What a wonderful way uh, to wrap up our conversation. Isabel Steinhoff, thank you so much for being on our program. I suspect we have much more we can talk about, about the future of metaverse and business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Bill. It was my pleasure. For our audience to learn more about the Diamond Tears, see diamondtears.com. That's D-I-M-E-N-T-E-E-R-S.com or follow Isabel and her team on LinkedIn. And thank you to everyone for joining us today. Our podcast series will regularly take a look at the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. We encourage you to join in the discussion and we'll have details in a moment on how to engage with this program as we wrap up for today. For everyone on the Data Whisperer podcast and at Data Migration International, our hosts, I'm glad to join you. I'm Bill Wall. So long and talk soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Data Whisperer podcast brought to you by data experts, Data Migration International. You can find out about our business and services by visiting jibs.com. That's J-I-V-S dot To follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, simply search for Data Migration International. Stay tuned for further podcasts in the Data Whisperer series from Data Migration International.